Parshas Perchas begins, continues the story that began at the end of Parashat Balak. We have the, the problem of the Jews sinning, straying after the girls of Midian, the girls of Moab, and doing Avodah Pa'ar. So in the end of last week's parasha, there's a Magefa, and then in the climactic moment, Pinchas executes in a spectacular act of vigilantism, he executes Cosby and Zimri, Magefa stops, and the beginning of this week's parasha, Parashas Pinchas, Hashem commends Pinchas very warmly for what he's done, for what he's done. He shivas chamasim al b'nei Yisrael, lo chilisias b'nei Yisrael, he... He, uh, he, he curbed my anger, and he, I didn't destroy the Jewish people. And therefore, and therefore Hashem says, I'm going to give him the bris of shalom, the bris of kahuna. Because he was zealous for Hashem. So, it would seem, certainly by reading the, what we know of, of Aramisara and reading the Psukim, it would certainly seem that what Pinchas did was a, was a great, great thing. Yet the truth is, it's not actually that simple. There's, there's an idea of some, some, some Jewish thinkers that what Pinchas did was actually not 100%, not wholly uh, a good thing. There's, later in the Pasha, it says that Hashem asked, Moshe asked Hashem, Yifkod Hashem Elokei Ruchos L'chol Basar Ishal Haida. Moshe has just been told that he's going to pass away. He's not going to enter the Promised Land. Moshe asked Hashem to appoint a successor. Asher Yitzelifnehem, Asher Yavolifnehem, someone who will go out at the head of the people and uh, and 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 come in uh, in front of them, bring them out and take them, and the, the the nation should not be like a flock that has no shepherd. Hashem said, Yes, Kachlachas Yeshua Ben Nun. Yoshua ben Nun, your faithful disciple, is going to be your successor. So the Kotzka Rebbe says that the, the idea here is that, that this episode is in this week's parsha. On a simple level, it's because Moshe was just told he was going to pass away imminently, so he needs to appoint a successor. The Kotzker says that Moshe had thought that Hakadosh Baruch Hu would appoint Pinchas as the next leader. Pinchas was such uh, an outstanding individual. Moshe thought that Hashem would appoint Pinchas as, as the, the next leader. Moshe did not approve of that. Yanki Pinchas Pinchas was just too, too strict, too, uh, too exacting, and Moshe didn't think he would be a, uh, the appropriate leader. And Hashem said, yeah, Hashem said he's appointing Yeshua, not Pinchas, indeed. This idea that Pinchas' strictness, albeit in a praiseworthy way, was not without problem, is the it occurs in a story? They they tell a story that the Briskarov was once at some kind of gathering, and a another rabbi was speaking, and the rabbi said Advar Torah. He said Pinchas did not merit to be a leader of Klal Yisrael because he was too strict, too much of a kanoi. Briskarov, who was famous for his uncompromising and uh, uh, un, un, unswerving devotion to the truth and to, uh, and to the demands of religious principle, Briskarov was not happy with this. He said, uh, where does it say such a thing? Where did you see such a thing? He, he denied that this was an authentic, authoritative Jewish idea. The way they tell the story, in the work Pini Rebbeinu Hagriz, I believe, he went home, the, this Rav, he looked to try to find where he saw this idea, and sure enough, it was not a Midrash of Chazal, it was in the Sefer of an Achron, of some Achron, and it was not indeed a, an idea of Chazal. The Achron may have been uh, the Kotzka Rebbe. But the truth is, 
that there is a much more much more significant, much, much, much older and more authoritative source for this idea, for a very similar idea than the Kotzker, and that is the Rambam. The Rambam has a, a discussion in Shemona Prakim, his introduction to Perkei Avos. The Rambam has a discussion of Nevi'im, and the Rambam makes, makes the point that Nevi'im were not always perfect. They were great, great men. They were great in, in Chachma, in, in wisdom. They were great in Midas. They didn't have to be absolutely perfect in Midas, and the Rambam argues that various Nevi'im in, in, in the Torah, we can discern flaws, perhaps small flaws, but flaws in their character. They were not perfect. He gives a number of examples. One of his examples is Eliyahu Anavi. He says, Eliyahu Anavi, we, we talk about him all the time as the Malach Abris, as someone who uh, is going to bring the Geula, but Eliyahu had a, uh, Eliyahu had a very um, strict side as well. Elio killed many, many people. First of all, he turned off the, the rain for three years and caused famine in Eretz Yisrael to the point that he was called Ocher Yisrael by, by Achav. But in general, Elio had various encounters with people who were Rishayim. At the end of the story at Harakarmel, the, the, the climactic showdown where, 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 the, where he, has, he, has a, he has a contest with the Nevi'i HaBal, they'll each bring a carbon, they'll see which God answers. Baal does not answer, Hashem answers, everyone is uh, thoroughly impressed, Hashem Hu Elohim, Hashem Hu Elohim. The very next part of the story, which we don't read as part of the Haftarah, is how they massacred hundreds of Nevi'i Habal and Asherah and or Asherah and threw them into the river. Elio and his followers were, 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 were very tough. They, they, they were not, uh, they were not uh, you know, kind and gentle. They, 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 they were exacting and ruthless when necessary. So the Rambam says, Elio, this, the Rambam calls this a flaw. The Rambam says that he, had, he was uh, very much a Kanoi. And he says, and, he, and that's why Hashem had to take him away. Elio famously was taken up to Shemayim in, uh, in a fire. That's why Hashem removed him, he says, because the people who are such kanoim, even if it's directed in, in, in a good way against Zara, they can't be allowed to rule, to be in charge of, of, of Klal Yisrael, because their, their attitude is just too strict, too, uh, too vehement, and it's not appropriate. So again, Ram's talking about uh, Elio, not Pinchas, but this idea that the Briskarov found so uh, offensive is really the Rambam's idea with regard to Elio. All right. Again, it's much harder to say it about Pinchas. Pinchas was not taken away. Pinchas was warmly commended. Brisi shalom, brisku nasolam. Hashem talks about how wonderful it was. There's not a hint of criticism in the Pesukim. So to say that Pinchas was somehow problematic is difficult to say. I'm sorry? Yeah, there's some yes, Pinchas Elio is a midrash, and Ralbag and others agree with this. It was the same person, but Pinchas's act in, in, in this week's parsha and last week's parsha was apparently Kipshuto was praiseworthy. Elio's acts are not condemned, but Elio, Elio at least is taken away, which is a sign. Which one way to understand is that is that his his conduct was not uh, you know was was was, was not entirely uh, desirable. There's a Ralbag also on the same on the same point. Ralbag says. After Elio, Ezebel says, I'm going to kill you, so Elio runs away. He has a famous vision in a cave. Hashem says, Malach Elio, what are you doing here? So he sees a vision, he sees a fire, lo ba'esh Hashem, he sees a, a rash, an earthquake, lo barash Hashem, he sees a, a great ruach, a mighty storm, a mighty wind, lo baruach Hashem, Hashem is not in the fire, Hashem is not in the rash, Hashem is not in the ruach, and then he hears a cold mamadaka, he hears a soft, still voice. Then Hashem asks him again, Malach Elio, Elio gives, Elio says, and, 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 and so both times, originally when Hashem said, What are you doing here, Elio? And the second time, after the vision, Hashem asked him again, Malacha Elio. The question and answer are exactly the same. Malacha Elio, four words. 
Elio gives a 25 or so word answer, which is literally word for word, nikud for nikud, tam for tam, the same both times. Kano kanesi l'shem Yisrael, I have been zealous for the honor of Kodesh Baruch and the people, of, the people are Rishayim, and Neviyacha Haragu, and they killed all the Neviyim, and I'm the only one left, and now they want to kill me. Elio gives exactly the same answer. So the, so the sequence is, Hashem says, when he's in the cave, Hashem says, what are you doing here, Elio? Malach Elio. Elio says, Kano kanesi l'shem Yisrael, I have been a great kanoi for Hashem, and what the people are doing is uh, outrageous and intolerable. Hashem gives him the vision of the Eish, the Ruach, and the Rash, lo ba'esh Hashem, lo barash Hashem, lo baruch Hashem, kol to Mandaka. Then Hashem asks him again, Malach Elio. Elio gives exactly the same answer. This time Hashem says, go appoint Elisha, Elisha will be your successor, and go appoint Chazoel, king of Aram, and go appoint uh, Yehu, king of Israel, and Chazoel will kill Jews, and Yehu will kill Jews, and so on. So he tells him about what's going to happen in the next, uh, in, the, in, in, the, in the future. So the Rolbach explains that the dialogue here was, Hashem said, what do you say, Elio? Elio said, Klai Yisrael are terrible Rishayim, and they need to be punished. Hashem said, lo beish Hashem, lo barash Hashem, lo barach Hashem. Hashem said, I don't want to punish them right now. They, they, not that they didn't deserve it, but Hashem didn't want to punish them because they were so far gone, it wouldn't have had any effect. The whole point of punishment is as a corrective. They were beyond correction at this point. Hashem said, there's no point. I, I, I don't, punishment is not the way to go at, at this stage. And then, he asked, and then he asked Elio again, Malach Elio. Elio was so angry and so full of kanos, he simply couldn't hear the message. He simply couldn't uh, assimilate Hashem's message, so he responded exactly as he did before. So Hashem said, okay, if you're unable to, to adapt, to, uh, to accept what I'm telling you, time for Elisha. Then a new Navi, that if you can't, you, you can't do what, 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 what needs to be done in this situation, we're going to have to have a new Navi. I'll call upon him that with Pinchas, at least, the... The, the Torah praises him. Nevertheless, the Kutzker says that there was some element of uh, problem about his character. The, at least for leadership, he wasn't totally suitable. But getting back to, the, to, to Moshe's request, Yifkod Hashem Ishal Ha'eda. Yeah, Moshe asked Hashem to appoint a successor. So, again, what, what's the context? What's that doing here? So, again, on a simple level, we said it's because he was told that his death was imminent. So he said, we need to have a successor. There, there are Midrashim, and Rashi brings a version of the Midrash, there are Midrashim that say that Moshe had been thinking, had been hoping, different versions of the Midrash, that his children would take over his position. Moshe had two sons, Gershom and Eliezer. And Moshe had been hoping that his children would succeed him. According to one version of the Midrash in Bamidbar uh, in, in, in this, part, this story, this episode of Yifkod Hashem Elokei Aruchos takes place shortly after the story of Benos Tzalafchad. Benos Tzalafchad, the daughters of Tzalafchad, came to Moshe and said, our father died, he had no children, we feel we should inherit his property. And Hashem said, they're right, they should. Then, then Hashem told Moshe, you're, you're going to die imminently, and then Moshe said, Yifkod Hashem Elokei Aruchos. Midrash says, what the Midrash assumes is a connection to the story of Benos Tzalafchad. And it says, Moshe said, okay, are petitioning for their interest, for their successorship of their father's estate. I should be Tavab. My, my, my children should. Uh, um, I should be. I should be tovab. I should ask Hashem. My children should inherit me. If the daughters of Tzlafchad can inherit their father, my children should inherit me as well. Hakadosh Baruch said, "No, that's not what's going to happen." He brought Hashem cited a pasuk in Mishlei, he who guards the fig, he shall eat the fruits of the fig. Your children, 
your children were unwe- are unworthy, they didn't study Torah. Yoshua, um, in contrast, Yoshua, Harbe Shersecha, he served you a great deal. The Harbe Chalach covered, he showed great respect to you. It says, He would get up early and stay late in the yeshiva. He would arrange the chairs for people to learn. He spread out the mats for the, for, for the, for the, for the yeshiva. Since he served you with all his strength, He deserves to serve Israel as well. He, he, he deserves to not, for, to not lose his schar that he's entitled to. And therefore, Hashem's answer was, Yeshua's appointment was in fulfillment of the Pasuk, Similar in the Tanchuma. Tanchuma says that, why did Moshe ask this right now? After Nachlas, he said, if Flafka's daughters inherit, my children should inherit as well. Hashem said, Again, your children didn't, uh, your children didn't learn Torah. Yoshua was Meshamesh, you Kedayu, Yisrael. He deserves Schar, etc., etc. Very similar to the Midrash Rabbah. Rashi brings this, Rashi and Arapasha brings this. Once, once Moshe heard that Hashem was giving the Nachla to Tzlafcha's daughters, he said, My turn. I want my sons to inherit. Kashbarach who says, No. Lo Kachos Machshava Lefanai. That's not the way I look at it. I, I think Kedayu Yoshua Little Schar. Yoshua deserves to be rewarded for his faithful service of you. Schar Shimusho Shlomash Mitochaol. The, the Pasuk famously says about Yoshua, Yoshua ben Nun Nar, that he stayed with Moshe, he stayed in Moshe's tent. He, uh, so this, this version of the Midrash doesn't say anything about Moshe's sons not being worthy, not learning Torah. It just says Yoshua is particularly worthy because he, he served you with remarkable faithfulness. In Avas Jirbinasun, another version of the Midrash. Two aspects of inheritance, Yeah, so, so we'll, we'll, we'll discuss the, the, the idea of covered inheritance soon. Well, that's what I want to get to for the rest of the share. But uh, just the introduction here. Avas Rabbi Nassim, another version of the Midrash. Avas Rabbi Nassim, we have two, ver- two different texts of it. In one version, Moshe already knew. In, in the other Midrashim we read that Moshe hoped his children would inherit. Hashem said, your sons are not right, they don't deserve it. In Avas Rabbi Nassim, in one version, Moshe himself knew that. He says, when Moshe saw that his son, She'en Bahem Torah, that She'en Bahem She'amdu B'Nesiyah Sacharav, Moshe realized his sons were not suitable to, uh, to, were not suitable for the position. He said to Hashem, okay, my sons are not suitable, so then uh, we'll, let's appoint somebody else. So who, 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 who should, uh, let, please appoint someone who will take care of the Jewish people. Um, in another version of Avastur B'Nasun, it says... The Avos Rebbe Nassim is going on the mission of Perkei Avos. It says, "V'haskin Torah A person has to make a point of studying Torah. He shouldn't take it for granted, because Torah is not a Yerusha. Every person has to study Torah seriously. He can't just coast and and hang on to someone else's coattails. So the Mara says, "Had Torah been a Yerusha, a person could pass it down to his children, and to his children and grandchildren, and to his nephews." And Moshe also Moshe thought that his children would be able to inherit his position, and Hashem said, "No, take Yeshua." So, according to this midrash, like the other ones, Moshe thought his children would inherit, and Hashem said, "No, your children were not Osi Batara. Your children were not. They, they, they were taking maybe the inheritance for granted. Your children will not inherit because they didn't have the the, the commitment uh, of Yeshua." So, 
according to all these midrashim, there was a Moshe himself thought, or Moshe would have liked his children to inherit his position, but they didn't, either because they, were, they weren't Osi Petora, or because they simply weren't, weren't worthy. Yeshua, on the other hand, Yeshua had, been, uh, had shown incredible devotion and faithfulness to Moshe. He deserved the question of, of schar, the Midrash uses language, and he was a worthy successor of Moshe, and that's why he was appointed that's why he was appointed to uh, that's why he was appointed as, as the successor of Moshe. This idea that a person inherits uh, inherits a position it's a great chedesh, so inheritance of nachlas and Shulchan Aruch is inheritance of property, real, real property personal property, money and so on can you really inherit a position? Are, are positions inheritable? So we live in the 20th, 21st century we, 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 we talk about nepotism as self-evidently wrong. With, uh, we, we rejected, uh, the United States in particular was founded on a rejection of hereditary aristocracy and hereditary monarchies. We believe that, we believe in meritocracy. We believe in meritocracy for two reasons. We believe, A, that er, er, each person should have a chance, should have a, should have, should have a right to a job based on his own merits, not based on external factors like his parents. We, we believe in individual merit, and B, maybe more importantly, we believe, if it's a public position, we believe the public has the right to have the best people, best people doing the job. We believe the public should have the most qualified, the most talented people doing the job. To say that someone should get a job because his father had the job doesn't seem an efficient and a desirable way to run things. Truth is, there are still some vestiges of this in our system as well. So, for example, the civil service today is mostly, uh, is mostly supposed to be a meritocracy. But higher-level positions are political appointees, and some positions in particular are widely seen as rewards for campaign support. Ambassadorships, the ambassadorships I, I believe, are still often awarded based on uh, service to the, to the campaign. There's a, um, there's, a, there's a story I once read of uh, there was an admiral, an admiral who was talking to a diplomat the admiral was saying, he was discussing what's next in his career, he said something like, oh, that, you know, I anticipate that, uh, that based on my, you know, my years of service you know, to the country, I'll be appointed uh, as an ambassador to, you know, uh, to, to some country or other. So the diplomat said, oh, maybe because of my service as a, as a diplomat, I should be appointed as admiral of the Fifth Fleet. And the point is, that's ridiculous. You can't, command a, uh, you can't command a naval fleet unless you're qualified, unless you have experience and training and qualifications. Why do people think ambassadorships should be rewards instead of... Uh, yeah, but uh, there are still some positions in the government which, de facto at least, are, are given as a personal reward somewhat. But in general, we believe that positions should be should be awarded based on competence, both because that's what the public needs as well as uh, that's ultimately fair. Yet, yet as, as we just saw in these midrashim, there seems to have been some kind of assumption that, that, that Moshe expected or wanted his, his sons to inherit. Maybe he thought they were the best people for the job, at least originally, but they weren't actually. So the implication is, and we'll see this point is made explicitly soon, that the Torah does recognize the idea that on the contrary, nepotism is not wrong. Nepotism is normal. If the people are qualified, then they should be first in line to inherit their, their father's position. And this is actually a, a major discussion in halacha. It begins with a sifri. The sifri is discussing the parasha of Melech, the, the laws of the king in Chumash Dvarim. So it says that if the king behaves correctly and doesn't become arrogant and, uh, and, 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 does, and, and doesn't stray from the mitzvahs, yamin small. In order that he should have a yamim, longevity in the kingdom. 
So the, the Midrash says, it says, He should have many years, in uh, a, a long time in the, in the position. Both he and his children will enjoy this in the midst of Yisrael. So the Midrash says, King dies, his son inherits the position. Hereditary monarchy is the halacha of the Torah. Ainli Elazebelvad. Sifrei says, "Okay, that's a monarchy." Minayin lechol parnasim Yisrael. How do we know this applies to all parnasim, different types of leaders of Klal Yisrael? Shibnei Mamdum Tachtem. Their sons inherit their position. Talmud Lomar Hu Banav Bekerav Yisrael. He and his sons in the midst of Israel. Kolzman Shem Bekerav Yisrael. Any context, any position where someone is Bekerav Yisrael, Benoam Meitachtav. The position is hereditary. That's a sifrei. A similar idea emerges in a Gemara, in, a, in, the, in the Talmud Bavli, in Ksuvas. The Gemara relates, Rabbi Huda Nasi, he left a, a will, kind of, he left a, uh, instructions for what, what should happen after his death. He said, Shimon b'ni Chacham, Gamliel b'ni, uh, Gamliel b'ni Nasi. That my son Shimon is the Chacham, and my son Gamliel should be the Nasi. What does that mean? Well, what was he talking about with Shimon? Well, what's the significance of being a Chacham? The Gemara says, He was saying, even though my son Shimon is a Chacham, he's greater than Gamliel, nevertheless, Gamliel should be the Nasi. Gamliel will be the Nasi after me. So the Gemara says that basically this is a Pasuk in Devarayamim, the idea that monarchy is hereditary is mentioned in Devarayamim. The Gemara says that this is a Chiddush. This is, this is a Chiddush beyond that Pasuk, because Hahu Yehoram was a Malay Makam of he was a worthy successor for his father, of his father. Rebbe Gamliel, Rebbe Gamliel was not Rebbe's equal. So he, he was not really a, uh, a candidate of, 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 of sufficient stature. He was not the man his father was. And his brother Shimon was a greater Chacham than he was. So we might have thought, in such a case, we, uh, we, we don't follow heredity. In, in, such a case, we, in such a case, perhaps we should... In such a case, perhaps we should prefer the greater Chacham. No, Rebbe said, no, the halacha is Gamliel b'ni Nasi, nevertheless. Why not? Why is that taka true? If, 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 uh, if, if Gamliel is not Mamale Makam Avosav, then why would he be appointed? That doesn't make any sense. So the Gemara says, Rebbe Yudah Nasi's thought process was, and this is how we paskin, or I'm going to paskin this way, we'll see in a moment, even though he was not an equal to his father in Chachma and wisdom, and his brother was greater than him in wisdom, in fear of sin and piety, he was a worthy successor of his father, even though he was not his equal in Chachma, as long as he was a worthy successor in Yeraschet, he could be, he could be, he should be the one to be appointed successor, despite the fact that his brother is a greater Chacham. Rambam and Hochus Malachim, Rambam brings these things down, these rules down. Rambam brings the, the, the Sifrei and the Bavli together. Rambam writes, when you appoint a king, he says, once he's anointed with Shemana Mishcha as the king, he merits the, the kingdom, the monarchy for himself and for his children unto, uh, forever. The, the old-fashioned way of doing things, the, 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 the throne is inherited. It is Birusha. Brings his pasuk. His sons following him. Um, within the, the king's children, his older son has precedence to the younger son, as, as per the Gemara that Rugalil got to go first over Rabbi over Rabbi, over Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon. 
Now he brings the Sifrei. Sifrei used the word Parnasim. The Rambam says, All Sraros, all positions of authority, all Menuyim shall be Yisrael, all appointments, Yerusha, Levno, Leven, Benoad, Olam. They are inheritances for the person, for his children, forever. As long as, Provided that he's a worthy successor to his father in wisdom and in fear, fear of Hashem. Uh, but, but this is Labdaf. You don't really, as we saw in the Gemara, you don't really need As long as he has Yerushamayim, even if he lacks the ideal amount of Chachma, doesn't matter. We can appoint him anyway, and we'll teach him the Chachma that he needs to know. That, that, that's something we can work with. But someone who lacks Yerushamayim, even though he has Chachmas and Merubah, such a person is summarily disqualified from all Menuhim. So the Rama brings us the fray that all positions, all Menuhim, all Srara is hereditary, and he brings that even if the person lacks Chachma, that's something we can teach him the Chachma, as long as he has sufficient Yerushamayim. Rambam is passing like the Sifrei, like the Rashba, like the Sifrei, like the Bavli, that positions are hereditary. Chachma is not, uh, the, not the end of the world if he, if he lacks sufficient Chachma. Yerashet, though, is critical. There are some Rishonim who argue that, that this is not totally true, and that uh, particularly with regard to the position of Rav, of the rabbi, this, this should not pass Birusha. And they basically argue that Klai Yisrael needs competent people. Klai Yisrael needs the best people. It can't be that the position of Rav should be hereditary. The, the Marashtam, Marashtam says, the only time Postkim say, he brings a rash, but the only time Postkim say that, a, that, uh, that we pass over the most qualified person to give it to the son, he said, to the older son, that's only when the when the difference in Chachma is small. They're close. The other one is a little bit greater. If, if, you, if you carefully assess them, you see the other one is a little bit greater, but they're both basically in the same league. However, if, the, if one of them is a real Gadol, one of them is completely uh, is on a completely different level, an inferior level, Pshita, the Marashtam says, then for sure you have to give the, 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 the position to the Gadol. Certainly, if he's not suitable at all, even if he is suitable, but if he's, if he's uh, qualitatively less than the, than the first one, then he, then he can't have the job. And certainly, if he's not qualified at all, because a Marbet's Torah, someone who's a Marbet's Torah and a leader of a major community, says he has to be an expert in Torah, because a Dayan who Paskins incorrectly is stealing from the Baldin and gets in a Kedushin, if, he doesn't, if he's not an expert and gets in a Kedushin, can lead to terrible, terrible things. Other Isurim, if he Paskins wrong and, and, and Paskins incorrectly on matters of Isurim Hatter, it's also terrible. So he says, the, so the, the, there's no question, we have to say that when it comes to the position of Torah leadership, it has to be given to the most qualified person. And this rule of positions being inheritable, that's only other types of positions. I mean, you think any position, the same arguments would apply. It's important to have someone qualified, but no, other positions, maybe other positions he's willing to, He's perhaps willing to say he doesn't directly address other positions, he but but uh, maybe other positions he, he doesn't discuss that. But at least when it comes to Torah leadership, he says tzedek tzedek tirdof halachachar based in yaffa. You have to go to the best based in, and uh, he brings a gemara in yoma gimel ksarim heim. There are three crowns: keser kahuna, keser malucha, keser torah. Keser kahuna was taken by Aaron by, by Pinchas, and it's, it's not available for, for for anybody who wants to be a kohen anymore. 
Kasser Malucha, with David, David Malach was Zelcha, and now the, the, the legitimate Malchus is limited to Malchus based David. Kasser Torah is not Yerusha. It's, uh, it's still democratic, it's still publicly available, and it's, it's, still, uh, it's still a meritocracy. Anyone who wants can seize the, anyone who works at it, anyone who's, who's, who wants to be Zelcha. Kala wrote to Lethal Yava Vietal. So, so Torah leadership is not Yerusha. And particularly with regard to Torah, the Mashnam is saying we don't give the position to, uh, to the heir unless he's basically equal, the other person has a slight advantage. But if the other person has a significant advantage, certainly if the heir is not, is not Roy, we don't give it to him. Similar, similar position is taken by Ramam Mifano, Ramanach Mazari Mifano, the great uh, early Italian Kabbalist. He's famous as a Makubal, author of Asar Mamaros. But he was also a great posik. He was also uh, this actually is in his Masar Lamaros, which is his Kabbalistic work. But he was also a, uh, a posik who wrote uh, Chuvas and so on. But he writes here, Milsag of Orchim Bailan. I want to tell you something important. He says, even though we had we met we discussed the Sifrei that says all Parnasim, the all types of leaders, their children inherit their position, and in Taras Kohanim and Midrash on Vayikra. The Midrash has something similar about the Kohen Gadol, that the, the, that the Kohen Gadol, that the, the, the high priesthood passes to the son of the previous Kohen Gadol, he says, and, and, the, Gemara, and the Gemara in Ksuva says that it's enough to be, uh, to be qualified in terms of Yerushalayim, even if you're not qualified in terms of Chachma. All that, he says, that refers to Kesar Kahuna, to the, that Kesar, the Kesar Malchus, he understands that the Gemara in the case of Rebbe, of Yudha Nasi, was talking about the, not to be a Rav, but it was to be the Nasi, to be, which was a kind of, uh, a kind of uh, political leadership, to be the, the king, so to speak. Of the, that, he says, those, those things are, depend on Yerusha. So Yerusha Damasa, positions of authority in a, in, in a city. However, he says, but Nasi Vav based in, even though the Gemara, the Gemara was talking about Nasi over there, uh, it says, it says, it says, Gamliel bani Nasi, even though Shimon was Chacham. But in general, he says Nasi vav basin, which are positions of Torah leadership. Since the Kesar Torah is Munach bekeren Zavius, as the Marashdam said, nobody has, nobody has locked up the Kesar Kahuna. Harotzi Yava Vietol ain't had ever came in Torah. There's no heredity. No heredity. There's no heredity in uh, in these things. Lafikach lamatzinu benasiim harishonim. The earlier nasiim. The leaders of the Torah leaders of Perki Yavas, Moshe Kibbutz Armisina, Masarli Yeshua, pairs of pairs of people, Rav Bastin and Nasi, and so on. There are for for for, for, the, for in orig, originally in Klai Yisrael's history it was not Yerusha. All those people, Yeshua, the subsequent ones, were not uh, father son pairs. It was not Yerusha. We don't find that they were manchil their position to uh, Yerusha. Ella Mehil of Ela in the late Second Temple period, from Hill Hazakin and further and onward. That's when they started, like in the time of Rebbe, that's when they started to pass down positions to be Arusha. Things changed over then. That's the exception. Why, he says, Efsher, perhaps, there was a problem with uh, the Hashmonai slaves, King Herod, Hordus, and they seized, and Oman Hordus Ubanov, they seized power for themselves, and it wasn't appropriate. Therefore, his Kinu Basin, the Kesar Torah, should. Should should uh, follow the rules of Kesar Malchus, and uh, we should keep it within the family. As that was somehow meant, as uh, the Chazal felt, uh, the Chazal hoped by establishing a system like that, they would prevent uh, the unworthy from usurping the position. But that was that was a reaction to specific circumstances. In general, the Kesar Torah, like the Marashdam, is not Yerusha, and it's, it goes to the most deserving of the most qualified, most deserving of the candidates. So, and the Sifrei is talking about other types of positions, Malchus, Kahuna, other positions, political positions, but not Torah. Despite the fact that this is what the Marashdam and the Ramami Fano say, many poskim disagree, many poskim say that even the Kesar Torah 
is, is Birusha. Even the position of a rabbinical leadership does go Birusha. The Rivash says so in a tshuva. Much earlier, the Rivash, 100 years earlier, the Rivash said, he, taught, he had a case where the two candidates were arguing who should inherit, the, who should take over the position of a Rav who was deceased. So he said, the person's son. The person's son has precedence because since his father had the position, and the Sifrei says that uh, all, types, all types of appointments, the person's son gets to inherit. Even though he's talking about rabbinic leadership, he says it applies to a Rav as well. Taras Kondam. Taras Kondam brings a drush about Kohen Gadol, goes to the Kohen Gadol son. That should apply to us as well. He does not make the chiluk of the Ramifano, of the Marashtam. The Torah is different because Keser Torah is, is, uh, is Munach Bekeren Zavis, Kalorotzalitel. He, he understands Keser Torah works the same way and it is subject to Yerusha. Um, the Gemarin Ksuvis says that. The Gemarin Ksuvis is talking about, again, Chacham and uh, Nasi. And that seems to have been Torah leadership. He was, uh, talks about how much of a Chacham he was. Nevertheless, he says, the, he assumes that, that there's no special... Rami Fano said that was special because of Avdeh heard, heard this now at a certain point in history. Rivash says that's the standard rule, that, 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 the, that positions of Torah leadership are hereditary, and so on. And uh, in his case as well, he says, even if he wasn't the... Even if he wasn't... Um, even if the other candidate says he was greater in Torah, doesn't matter. As long as the candidate, that the, the, the son, is considered... He's a pious and God-fearing individual. And he has Chachma. In his case, he has Chachma as well. But basically, the, the key criterion is that he has to have Yerashet. And then we appoint him, even if he's not the greatest Chachma. And the, and the Rivash seems to say, this rule of the Sifre, that we appoint, the, that, that it passes Birusha, applies to Torah leadership as well. So we have the Marashtam and Rami Fano saying it does not. And the Rivash saying it does. The Ramah in Shulchan Aruch Yeridea seems passes like the Rivash, that, that Torah leadership does pass Birusha. The Ramah writes, first he talks about a Shleach Tzibur who has a son, even if the son, his voice is not as good as his father's, as long as he's generally, he's Mamala Makum in other areas, he should have precedence to inherit the position. That's based on a Rashba. Then he says, he brings the Rivash, Misha Huchzak Rav Be'er, someone who has established as the Rav of the city, then uh, we can't remove him. We can't remove him. And if you know, Ben Beno, La'olam, Kodman, and the person is entitled to the position as long as he's qualified, and his children and his grandchildren are, have precedence over others, as long as they are Mamal and Makam of Asam, as long as they are worthy successors of their father, Beira, Beira. And then they have to, they have to be Mamal and Makam Beira, they have to have substantially equivalent levels of Yira, and they have some wisdom. So the Ramah brings this Rambam, he brings the Rivash, that even with regard to, the Pashim Shah and the Ramah seems to be, that even with regard to positions of Torah leadership, we say that they do pass Birusha, even if the person is less qualified in Chachma than other candidates, as long as he is and he has at least some Chachma. So this is a major Machlokas, the Rivash and the Pashas of the Ramah, against the Marashtam and the Ramah Mifano. One of the most widely cited later discussions of this is the Chesim Sofer. Rav Asher Weiss says that the Chesim Sofer's position is worthy of special consideration because he works very hard to reestablish the Rabbanus on a, uh, on a uh, distinguished footing, on a proper footing. I'm not sure, I don't know the history that well, but he was apparently important and influential in, uh, in strengthening and bolstering the, the Rabbanus in general in Europe. So the Chesim Sofer was asked about, about this type of question, about... Uh, he says a certain candidate wanted his father's position, 
and the son was qualified, he was competent, but, but somebody wanted somebody else. Somebody wanted a different, uh, a, a different rough. So do, do, do we follow Yerusha or not? Should, should we say that the, that the son inherits Yerusha? So the Chassam Sofer says, also he follows a position similar to the Marashtam and Ramifano. He says, this idea, the Sifrei says, that a king is a hereditary, is, is, a, is, a, is, is, a, is an inherited position. Other Menuhim are inherited. That's only Melech Uchudomolo. That's only positions like the monarchy and similar positions, like other examples there. He says, Shotri Harabim, officers, policemen in charge of the public, Gabay Tzedaka, charity fund officers, Sofrei Adayanim, clerks, Machenberg Tzuos, enforcers of the, of, the, of, of, the, of the court. However, Minuye Kedusha, Appointments for kedusha of religious significance, einam bechalzeh. They are not hereditary. Um, he explains. He explains that he brings him Rashtam. He says. Uh, he says. He brings him Rashtam. He brings him Ramifano. That the, the positions of kedusha are not inherited. He says, and and so on and so forth. And that's the position of the Chasam Sofer in his in his first tshuva. Hayotzi that if, if the Tiber doesn't want the, the son, then he has no right to the position. They, he has no fundamental right to the position. If they don't want him, they have the right to take somebody else. So, yes, people appointed to the Sad, was succeeded by his son. His son, indeed, was a great Talmachacham. Uh, I don't know if people have written about the story. They say it may have been involved in the, in the decision. I don't know the details, but yes, he was succeeded by his son. But that son doesn't have the right to succeed. It isn't precedent. So if son is a right, it's certainly the. the, I'm not, I, the certainly, the Chamsofer had sons who were great Chacham. The Chamsofer was a tremendous Gadolajar in his own right. The Chamsofer, in a follow up tshuva, well, before the follow up tshuva, in the end of this tshuva, he gets back to Arapasha. He says that I'll bring you a great riot to this idea, that I'll bring you a great riot to this idea, that Minuyim of Torah of Kedusha are not hereditary. He says, Moshe asked Hashem to appoint a successor. And Moshe thought, according to some versions of the Midrash, Moshe thought that his sons would inherit him. And Hashem said, no, Yeshua deserves it because he set up the, the mats and so on. Yeshua deserves it. That's what the Midrash says. Says the Chassam Sofer, Moshe Benu himself had said to HaKadosh Baruch we need somebody who can do the job. We need someone who's capable of leading the people. So Moshe himself knew that we have to have someone competent. And Moshe would never have asked, since Moshe said that, it, that, 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 that he wanted someone who was capable of doing the job, if his sons were not capable, he never would have put them, put them forth. So obviously he felt his sons were capable. And otherwise he would have been asking for contradictory things in his tefillahs. So certainly his sons were roi l'kach. And Akash Baruch didn't say, well, Yeshua is more roi, Yeshua is even better. That wasn't the answer. The answer was, he gets tchar for, uh, for setting up the tables and the benches. This is a little tricky, because we did, the Midrashim do mention that he set up the schar, the, the benches, and the tables. On the other hand, they also, some versions of the Midrash, Avastri Minasin says, that your sons didn't learn Torah. That sounds like they weren't qualified. Chesim Sofer says, well, how can Moshe ask? If, how can Moshe ask for them if they weren't qualified? But some versions of the Midrash explicitly say they weren't qualified. The, we mentioned earlier that in, um, in the Midbar Rabbah, the language of the Midrash is is that's the Midrash that brings the Safsalam and the Machtalos. But the Chamsafra leaves out the line where it says, they didn't study Torah. 
Abbas Rabbi Nasrin, the, the first Gersa, the, the, the first Gersa says that Moshe Rabbi himself knew Shane Behem Torah, Shane Behem Shandranasias. He knew that they weren't qualified. So there certainly are Madrashim that say explicitly that they weren't qualified. Chas himself was focusing on the other language, the language of, the, of, of Rashi, the language of the Midrash, that it was a matter of schar, Yeshua, that Moshe, Yeshua deserved it as a matter of schar. But it wasn't an issue of, of, quali- of qualifications, of competence. Chas himself understands the Iker Kavan of the Midrash is. They were qualified, they were competent, but, but as a matter of getting just desserts, like Notzer, again, we, we mentioned that whenever you talk about meritocracy versus uh, hereditary, there are two issues. One issue is who's most deserving, and the other issue is uh, what does the public need? So the Midrash doesn't say the public needs Yeshua because he's better at the job. The Midrash says, no Yeshua deserves it. That uh, sometimes maybe people deserve to inherit. In this case, Yeshua, Yeshua deserves the position. So the Chassam Sofer understands the Midrash to mean that, you, that, 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 you, that Moshe's sons were qualified. Maybe he understands what Loas Kubatara means, even though they were still qualified, but they, they, they're undeserving because they didn't, they, they didn't learn as much Torah as they could have. Yeshua is more deserving. Says the Chassam Sofer, what the Midrash means to say is that the Midrash means that, you, again, other Acharim challenge the Chassam Sofer's understanding of these Midrashim. They say there are other Midrashim, even if, one, even if one says like him, but the Chassam Sofer understands the Midrash means to say Moshe's sons were qualified. Moshe's sons, he says, were qualified. And nevertheless, they did not inherit the position. Why? Because... Yeshua deserved it, which means that, the, that, 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 we, that we don't follow heredity. It's not because they weren't qualified, had to go to Yeshua, they were qualified, and, 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 but, but it was given to Yeshua anyway because we don't follow strict Yerusha when it comes to positions of Torah. That, that, that again, that, so in, in other cases, we, we're saying we don't follow, that, that we don't follow Yerusha. The Marashtam and Rami finally say we don't follow Yerusha because we want to have the person most qualified. Chassam Sofer here is saying kind of the opposite. Even in a case where they are all qualified, we still sometimes don't follow Yerusha. Because other factors, like who deserves it more, or for other reasons, that we, uh, that, that we sometimes don't follow Yerusha, that we, there's no strict rule. Again, if somebody's entitled to be Yerusha, he has to get it. We don't look at all these other cheshbonas. But the Chassam Sofer says, the Iker is that we don't follow Yerusha, whether, again, he quotes Marashtam and Ramifano, they emphasize, because if they're not worthy, they can't get it, or because of the Midrash, like the Chassam Sofer is coming, like from that Gemara, that Kesar Kahuna is available, and the, anyone who wants can be Zoha. So whether it's because... Kesar Torah is a pure meritocracy, and anyone has the right to it, whether it's because the people, like the Marashtam says, deserve the best candidate one way or another. The position of the Chassam Sofer in the first tshuva is like the Marashtam and Ramifano, that Kesar Torah is not inherited, and that uh, the, the heir of someone, again, if he's qualified, he might be the best person for the job, but he has no automatic right just because, just because uh, his father had the position. The Chassam Sofer in, in other tshuvas, though, seems to walk this back a little bit. In the next tshuva, the very next tshuva, the, the first one is in Arachayim Yud Beis. In the next tshuva, in Arachayim Yud Gimel, the Chasim Sofer starts the same way. He acknowledges that he said that Keser Torah is not, is not a hereditary position. But then he says that uh, he's chozer a little bit. He says, Hayom chazarti v'yanti does seem to say that the position of Rav is a hereditary position. So in order to defend the Ramah, not to reject the Ramah, he says... Even if what I said is correct, he had various riots from Chazal, even if, from, from the story of Moshe, even if what I say is correct, that in principle, in general, the, the, the Keser Torah, the positions of Kedusha, are not inherited, still the Ramah could be right anyway, that the position of Rav is inherited. Why? So he says, because in the time of Chazal, a Nasi of Torah, a Torah leader, was a Minu Kedusha. It was primarily a religious position, it was a Minu of Kedusha, and therefore it was not hereditary. However, he says, it's not service, it was, a, it, was a, it was a position of Torah authority. He says, today, 
the Rav is an employee of the community. He's Meshubad Lakahal. He's, 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 he's hired by the community. He has to do whatever they need. Bishar, they pay him for it. So that's less of a, of a Torah position of authority. That's more, it's both really, but that, that also has elements of an ordinary position of employment, and, of an ordinary position. And he says, and that's not different from a Shatz. That's uh, from a Shlech Tzibur. A Shlech Tzibur certainly is Birusha. Just because he's also an expert in Torah, he's also a Torah leader, he's not worse than other positions. Since there is an element of temporal, of temporal authority, of temporal service to the community, therefore, even if Torah leadership per se is not hereditary, once we're dealing with uh, a position like other positions, at that point it is hereditary, that's why for Hillel, even though uh, from Hillel they look like the Marmifano said, that they did inherit the position, even though there was Torah involved as well, since it was also uh, an element of leadership, of, of communal authority, it was, it was hereditary. So therefore, the Chassam Sofer seems to say in his second tshuva, because of this argument, that even if in principle Torah leadership positions were not hereditary in the time of Chazal, Bizman Azeh, they are. So the Chassam Sofer goes back and forth. The Chassam Sofer's own Talmidim discuss this question as well, and, and, and they're, they're, several of them are inclined to the view that positions of Torah are hereditary, like the second tshuva. Maram Shik, Maram Shik, Maram Shik brings the Chassam Sofer. He said in Simon Yud Beis, he says, Minu Kedusha of Torah, Keser Torah is not Yerusha, but in Simon Yud Gimel, who was Chazar Ksas Midvarav, Bismana said, is Yerusha. Says the Maram Shik, Lahalacha, he says, we have a Sifrei. The Sifrei says, all Menuyim are inherited. Rambam says, passing like the Sifrei, the Rambam says, all Menuyim, uh, all Menuyim are, uh, are inherited. He says, the Ramas passing this way. It's true, the Marashtam, Ramifano, disagree, he says, but Kasha, you know, it's hard to, 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 to follow the Rashtam Ramifano against the Rambam and a Sifrei and a Ramah. The Ikr Lahalachi says Pashtus is like the, that it is, heredit, it, is, it is inherited. However, he says Tuchidushim. He says, first of all, he says, even according, to the, even according to those who say that positions of Torah are not inherited, he says, that again, like the Rashtam said, that's only when, the, when, when someone is, is superior, or significantly superior, he says. Then we say that the other people's Kesar Torah is more important than, than the heir's right to the, to, to the Torah, to the position of Torah. However, if the other person is not sufficient, Rashtam said, even if he's, even if he's a little bit, a little bit, when the other person is not superior, Rashtam said, even if he's a little bit superior, if he's not significantly superior, then certainly the, the heir should inherit. Then, then it's like other Menuhim. If you don't have the special Cheshmer, the other person has substantially more Torah, we go back to the regular laws of Yerusha. Just because the community wants somebody else, maybe because he's, uh, he's more handsome, he's a better order, he says, no, those are not good reasons to, 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 to dispense with the laws of Yerusha. If that's the whole issue, he says, we should follow Yerusha. We follow, the, according to the Marshtam and the Chassam Sofer in the first Tshuva, if one person has substantially more Torah, substantially superior, then, then we give him the position. But if it's just a question of superficial things, some people would say one of the primary uh, qualities of the rabbi is his oratorial skills, but the Ram Shik did not think so. He, he said, at least with regard to Yerusha, the key question is, is whether there's significant Torah involved just because they want a different speaker, he said. That's not grounds for setting aside the laws of Yerusha. That is, that is one point he makes. He says that that's, uh, that's, that, 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 that's one point he makes. He also makes, uh, he, he, he has other comments. He, uh, he also says that, that, that regarding this question of Yerusha, he says that even if we say, even if we say that, that a position is inherited, he said that even though there's Yerusha, he says it's only if the Tiber wants it. If the Tiber is not happy, he says the Tiber has to have someone who they're comfortable with. 
if the Tzibur says that the mitzvah is for the Tzibur to accept him, the Tzibur should accept the Rav. He says, but the Tzibur can't do it. They have a mitzvah to accept someone who's uh, to accept the son. But the Tzibur has to agree. You can never have someone appointed as Rav of a Tzibur if the Tzibur does not agree, even if the person has a Yerusha right. But, uh, but the Tzibur always has to, has to sign off on it. The Imreish, another Talmud of the Chasim Sofer, he says, Dintar is that Parnasi Yisrael are inherited. As long as they're, as long as they're worthy successors in terms of Yerashet, that's what the Sifrei says. Even though the Ramifano disagrees, what he says is battle against the Rivash. The Rivash is Mavur, that even Aminu of Torah, the sons have precedence. He, the Sarnamaras must not have seen the Rivash. He says, how could it be Cholik on the Rivash without, uh, without, without a Raya? Uh, however, there, there, are, there are other Akhran who disagree. The Avnei Nezer says, that's a very long tshuva on Yerusha of Rabbanus. Many, many 19th century posts can discuss this question. Avnei is a long tshuva for a variety of reasons, he says, that uh, he agrees that, he says, the Iker is, there's no Din Yerusha Rabbanus unless unless Rov Binion or Rov Minion of the Tzibur wants him, he says, but uh, other than that, there's no Din Yerusha. He says this was the Psach of other Gonim as well, the Gon of Kutna, Yisrael Yeshua of Kutna, the Gon of Kalish. He says, Maisa Rav, so the Avonazer inclines to the view that positions of Rabbanus are not inherited. In any event, this is a major machlokas. In general, we have the Sifrei, the Rambam, the positions are, the positions are inherited, at various positions, unlike the, the, the rules of the United States. Uh, we don't believe in a total meritocracy, I have trouble understanding why. You'd think even political positions, wouldn't we rather, I guess I'm an American, wouldn't we rather have someone who's the best man for the job or people who are voted on and the Tzibur wants rather than someone whose father had the position? I don't know, but the, the position of the Torah, the Sifrei, the Rambam is that positions in general are inherited. When it comes to Torah in particular, then we have a, a whole string of postgame, the Marashtam, Ramami Fano, Chasim Sofer in one of his tshuvas, the Avnezer, who say it's not inherited, either because, like the Marashtam says, it's crucial for the Torah leadership position to be held by the most qualified candidate, if there's a substantial difference, or because Keser Torah is not Yerusha, and anyone who wants, it, uh, it, it's, an, it's an absolute meritocracy, anyone who wants has the right to be Zelka. Whatever it is, a variety of Akronim say that when it comes to positions of Torah in particular, that, in, that is not subject to Yerusha, and that we say Keser Torah is Munaf Bekeren Zavi, is Kalarot Zalitel Yavavit.